0: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: This podcast is supported in part
0: by the Bertha Foundation. Good evening, Lewis.
2: Hello, Daniel. How are you?
0: I'm well. I, I, I like the rest of our listeners want to know, how are you going with Billy Joel's Vienna?
2: I, uh, I've just rushed home from work and I had five minutes to spare before um, the podcast started and I just had a quick practice and I can get from the very start to the very end in huh? a fashion.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> like like st- with stops and starts, or you know, going okay.
2: I w- like, if you heard it, you wouldn't be like, "Oh, it's Billy Joel." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but for a person who <laughs> hasn't touched the piano since he was five, it's functional. Like, I, if you knew That's the song cool. and you heard me playing it, yeah. you would probably go, "I reckon that guy's playing Billy Joel's Vienna."
0: Well, also, a lot of people don't know Billy Joel's v- Vienna. It's one of the more Ooh. obscure Billy Joel songs. I thought I, was, I thought I was well across the oeuvre of Billy Joel, uh, but I had never heard of Vienna till last week.
2: This is exactly why I chose it, you see, because if I chose Piano Man and I'm at a party <laughs> in a year when we can have parties again and there's a piano there and I sit down and I start going, duh, 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 everyone will look at me and go, that guy only knows one song and it's Piano Man. Whereas if <laughs> right. I start playing Vienna, they're like, no one in their right mind would only learn Vienna. This guy must be a pianist because it must be the <laughs> thousandth song that he knows. So it's all mind games.
0: You know, the next one is they're going to want you to play Piano Man. Like, but don't worry, you're not going go to a, you're not gonna go to a party <laughs> until 2050, so it's totally fine.
2: <laughs> well, much like um, Billy Joel, I already resent Piano Man. <laughs>
0: A big shout out to all our new Patreon members uh, this week. Now I'm just going to read them out. Usually I'm doing it at the end of the show these days, but I want to read them out because I've got we got some good ones. Simon Neville, Miles Page, Imka, Sharon Peets, Diane Swan, Stacy Smith, Lindsay Jenkins, Alex Turnbull is chipping in on into our Patreon now, which oh, is great. Thanks, Alex. And also, I think Greg Hunt is chipping in on our <laughs> on our Patreon because no. someone by the name of BBW Cum Pumper 69. <laughs> 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 I like
2: to think it's the actual <laughs> porn star that Greg Hunt accidentally liked. <laughs>
0: Someone somewhat stupid. Well, BBW Cum 69 is giving us 10 bucks a month. Big thank you to all our Patreon supporters. You can head to uh, patreon.com forward slash irrational fear. I was
2: just going to say a big thank you to all the Cum Pumper 69 family.
0: <laughs> big thank you to everyone related to Cum Pumper 69. I'm recording my end of Irrational Fear on Gadigal Land in the Eura Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show.
1: A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, fair d***, and section 40. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences
0: tonight. Rihanna is now officially a billionaire, and like all billionaires, the singer is planning to head into space to open a diamond mine in the sky. And Australia is ranked last among 200 countries for its action on climate change. Prime Minister Scott Morrison says it's not a race. And the ACT goes into lockdown after one positive case, proving that the Canberra bubble can be burst by a little prick. <laughs> it's Friday the 13th of August, and what's going to drop first? These COVID cases or Donda? This is Irrational Fear.
2: Irrational a a Fear!
1: Don't
0: forget, your set. <laughs> Welcome to Irrational Fear. I'm your host, former Premier of Queensland, Dan Illich. Let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. And now... Since breaking out as a Best Newcomer nominee at the Perth Comedy Festival, he's been forced to work at The Chaser and The Feed. It's Nat Damina. Hello,
1: hello. Thank you for having me.
0: And now, Nat, what's the worst thing about working for The Chaser? Uh,
1: The sexual advances by Charles (laughs) Perth.
0: And he's often been referred to as the Lebanese-Australian Louis Theroux, but don't try to pigeonhole this young Walkley winner. It's Marty Smiley. <laughs> G'day. Now, Marty, how many former Channel V presenters have Walkleys? Is it just you and Jabba?
3: That's a yes. Jabba <laughs> won a Walkley Award for his deep dive into bong smoking in the late
0: 90s. <laughs> and he's often referred to as the next Billy Joel. It's Lewis Hubber.
2: Thank you so much. Yes, uh, the 55. Um, 55- key piano man Uh, my piano i'm the piano boy it's like i'm doing a a gritty reboot of the piano man i'm the son of piano man
0: (laughs) (laughs) soon we get stuck into this week's fears but first here is a message from our sponsor
1: On the series finale of planet earth things are really heating up Mr. Morrison, it's with regret to inform you that the snow is on fire. You need to do something
0: now. I've always said I've got a plan, and the plan's the plan. It's a planning plan that's been planned. I've always said that. Will David Attenborough and the Earthlings be able to stop the
1: emissions in time? Now you listen here, Scott. We've only got a couple of years left until the point of no return. The numbers
0: are just not looking good. Oh, well, that's great. Then we can blame the collapse of the Earth on labor. Or will they suffocate themselves and every other living creature in a
1: toxic soup of stinky greenhouse gases? Everything is dying, Mr. Morrison, and you're doing nothing.
0: I- I'm not going to do anything that will cost jobs. And the most at-risk jobs are those on the boards of fossil fuel companies that I'll need after I lose the election in eight months' time. I've always said that. Find out in this, the potentially last ever series of the show that jumped the shark after the Renaissance.
1: Planet Earth is recommended for mature audiences. It contains strong sex scenes as the whole globe
0: gets royally fucked. Yeah, there you go. Uh...
2: Big production. Big production this week. Who's ready for fun?
0: (laughs) Yes. This week's first fear. The IPCC dropped their latest report this week, and it was not the feel-good event of the year we were promised. Uh, The unsurprisingly bleak report basically means the Earth is fucked, we fucked it, and we're still fucking it, and if we would have a chance to continue as a species, as in to keep on fucking each other, we need to stop fucking the planet ASAP. Fear mongers, how has the IPCC report impacted your week, Nat?
1: Well, it seems like every like climate change report that comes out is like... Worse. It's... it's, <laughs> it's it's worse, and also it's just <laughs> stating the same thing over and over again, which is there's a problem. <laughs> no one's ever offering any solutions.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, they just tell us it's bad and it's getting worse, well, and as Dan described many a time, it's fucked.
1: Well, I read the article today and it said we've got to keep the uh, temperature of the Earth below 1.5 degrees Celsius by 2030, otherwise there will be unpreventable damage to the Earth. But the article also said... If we can't do that, yeah. <laughs> we'll do 1.6. Yeah. And if we can't do that, we'll do 1.7. I did see
3: that. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> you just think they've already given up. They're like, look, 1.5
1: is the dream, but we're aiming for three.
0: Yeah.
1: They're moving the goalposts, you know. like It's like if I said, look, I'm going to try and eat one packet of mac and cheese tonight. But if I can't
0: do that, I'll try and do two, if not three. Three it is, yeah, three it is. It is interesting to see how this has been kind of, you know, dealt with this week across the political spectrum. I don't know if you saw the same day as that report came out, the young Liberals in the ACT were holding a fundraiser in Canberra where they auctioned off a lump of coal from the Adani Carmichael mine. (laughs) How much do you think a lump of coal from the Adani Carmichael mine would go for at a young Liberal fundraiser? How much do you think it went for?
3: Oh, God, $500? It's a good question. I don't know the price of a lump of coal, (laughs) and I should. (laughs) (laughs) And I... Feel terrible about
0: it. This is yeah. This is a very John Houston gotcha moment here. you couldn't explain the cost of a GST in a, in a cake. No, this lump of coal went for twenty six hundred dollars. Someone paid two thousand six hundred dollars for a lump of coal from the Adani coal mine just to what? Like own the greens?
1: To be fair, like we do live in a world where people pay over six thousand dollars for bags of air from concerts. Well, yeah, like you know Justin Bieber's like you know the water bottle he left
3: on stage. Like I would pay a lot of money for that lump of coal that ScoMo had in Parliament House. I mean, that is iconic lump of coal, that one. I'll but put that co- straight in the pool room.
0: Isn't that quite indistinct from an other bunch of lumps of coal? You'd have to get it signed and authenticated uh, with a certificate. What?
2: Do all all lumps of coal look the same to you, Dan? Unbelievable. Classic. To Classic. me, each lump of coal is a snowflake. Beautiful and individual.
3: Classic climate change activist chat there. <laughs> <Mario>. <laughs>
2: It's funny. Like the only positive of the climate change report for me was that it bumped my lockdown panic down a peg.
0: You know, like I,
2: I'm like twelve weeks into Sydney lockdown. I'm losing my mind. My anxiety's never been worse. And I'm like, well, this is the worst thing that will ever happen to me. And I'm like, oh no, that's right. I'm going to burn in ten years. That's actually worse.
3: As someone who has been caught in a climate change disaster, the New South Wales floods of this year, I can tell you guys, it's uh, a very scary thing to be caught in. And I can tell anyone listening at home, you know, you don't want to be in the situation I was in. I was stuck. At an Airbnb that cost $200 a night, <laughs> I couldn't afford it. I had to be there for a week and I was caught in a town that I would never want to spend more than, you know, 48 hours in. You know how Barnaby
2: Joyce is always like, we don't know the cost of climate change. Marty should be, just be like 200 bucks a night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we do know the cost. We do know that we have done the numbers. <laughs> and a, in a, in a cost so of dignity boring. as well. <laughs> it's so boring.
3: <laughs> Actually, I? I mean, this is maybe a bit wrong, but floods are by far the most boring disaster. Like, because it slowly encroaches, <laughs> like it, it is, and then it takes ages for the water to subside. I would go down there each day to see if I could leave over the bridge from Currajong to Richmond, back into to, to New South Wales to the city, and and you know, it would go down ten centimeters. It's it's not it's not fun.
0: This is that that is that is a big that is a big claim for a man that's currently in his forty eighth day of lockdown in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. In the um, Australian Financial Review, the same day the report came out, they ran an opinion piece. This is the headline for the opinion piece. It's called. The headline ran. It said. High quality Australian coal is lowering global carbon emissions. <laughs> they ran that in the Australian <laughs> Financial review. Right, and Chances. it was ri- it was written by a guy called Paul Flynn and I checked out I checked out who Paul Flynn was. The opinion piece was by the CEO and managing director of Whitehaven Coal. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh god.
3: Oh god. We need Extinction Rebellion back is what, is what we need. We, we we need big stunts. We need people back on the streets. And, it's a bit, look, it's a bit
1: difficult yeah, at like, the moment. I like what he's doing. You know, I, I want to see people put a positive spin on global warming. I can't wait to see a politician get up, organise a press conference and go up and say, look, global warming, it might look bad, but... It's delivering fresh, clean water to Africa, one iceberg at a time. <laughs> <laughs> you know how there's
2: um, like uh, the people who I worry about with climate changes are uh, the fire firefighters. You know how there's always like those stories of the one or two firefighters who get bored throughout the summer and go and light a fire. Yes, that, that's, yep. Like, they'll they never have to do that again. All they have to do no. is go home and run the dryer for 24 hours. Like <laughs> work just, is cut out for them. You can start a fire for the next 100 years.
3: <laughs> Dan, would you be into doing a sort of Extinction Rebellion style stunt? You know, you have done a lot of stunts in the past in your comedic career. Would you be interested in, say, building a boat? And Because you've been letting people know about climate change for some time now. You are a sort of... Noah of Australia, I see you as that character within the Australian political scape.
0: Marty, I think boat builders is a boom industry. I think there's going to be, (laughs) I think for where we live in Sydney, I think boat boat building is going to be the future. People living on boats is the future. And, Marty, dare I say, when there's a flood, I will have an Airbnb on a boat you can rent out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if there's one thing, it's funny that the Australian government has actually invested so much more in, like, um, building boats and submarines than in climate change. They've spent like $43 billion on a never-ending submarine program who, and they're just like, we're not going to fight climate change, we're just going to make sure we can put us all
3: of Australia underwater when the time comes. We're being governed by preppers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's ScoMo's, that's his thing, basically. Yeah. ScoMo doesn't look like a prime minister. He looks like him and his wife own a budgerigar farm in North Queensland. Yeah. irrational <laughs> <A laughs> Fear. A 102-year-old bedridden woman has been ordered to prove her date of birth or have her pension cut off.
0: Calls and emails to Centrelink went nowhere. I've got to get a job. A Rational Fear. <laughs> This week's second fear, National MP George Christensen will not run for the for the Nationals after the next election in order to spend more time with his WordPress. Yes, George Christensen <laughs> is going to start a pro freedom <laughs> website in the style of judge report. I don't know. Have you ever seen the Drudge Report? It's just like this terrible-looking website that just has links to other websites. And I don't know if you know anything about the internet, but there are quite a few other websites that do that job very efficiently. Um, Mm -hmm. So you may have some competition. Uh, Currently, the nationfirst.com.au website, which is his website, uh, is down. But it needs a password to exist. But before it went down, the New Daily checked it out and it said... Out of the 31 links that were displayed on the website's homepage, 30 are from news articles from America. The 31st article was a link to a blog that Mr Christensen had published in January asking former US President Donald Trump to issue a pardon to WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange and saying it would be a blow to the deep state. (laughs)
2: Oh, <laughs>
0: great, great. I so just like, when he does
2: something that isn't necessarily
1: terrible, it's still for insane reasons. Isn't that like Australian culture to just take something from America, from America. and America? it ourselves?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but also I, I, lo- I love that he's saying it would be a blow to the deep state and George Christensen is part of the deep state. He is a <laughs> nas- <laughs> he's in government. He is literally a Nationals Party Person it's who like has him the range not of contesting the
3: next election in his mind is like, I'm already out. I am no longer a politician.
2: <laughs> it's also like um such a like the that approach is so like the 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 guy at school who no one liked because he in his belief at parliament everyone is hanging out together except him. He's <laughs> like, There's a there is a group of people that includes everyone but me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I feel like he wanted to start, like, a right-wing podcast and couldn't figure out how the buttons worked. So he's like, I'll just make a website. It'll just be a bunch of links. But
3: it's kind of – he's posting blogs. Is someone going to tell this man blogs are dead? That's like using Vista to do your searches online.
0: He would be better doing a a right-wing podcast, Nat. I think so. I mean, you guys run a podcast. How hard is it to actually have your own podcast?
3: Incredibly. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's very time-consuming, I'd say that.
1: I mean, it's very easy if you don't want to do a good job.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Mm. That's how we've always been running it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's... uh Uh, What other kind of content do you reckon we can expect from this this Drudge Report-style George Christensen website? Some travel reports of Southeast Asia.
3: (laughs)
1: Yeah, maybe some recipes.
3: (laughs) I'd love to see, like, a news breakdown with him with the whip. Like, called the whip, yeah. you know, it's just him sort of cracking his way through conservative news.
1: I, I want to see, like, a watch mojo top 10 movie death that made you cry. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see Christian says, listicles 10 ways you know you're a liberal. <laughs> Maybe a photo gallery to his favorite lumps of coal.
0: Big Johnny D on YouTube says parenting tips.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he could go daddy vlogger.
2: Oh, please don't use the phrase George Christensen and daddy in the same sentence.
3: Irrational fear.
1: I know how George's mind works. If you start prodding the bear, you're going to make the situation worse for us as a government. When you've got a thin margin, don't start giving reasons for a by election. Irrational fear.
0: This week's third fear. it's safe to say the New South Wales the health minister is a major hazard yes Brad Hazard this week caused a bit of a ruckus in get Sydney's Get
2: out get out, <laughs> get out <of> here <laughs> it's
0: my podcast Brad Hazard this week caused a bit of a ruckus in Sydney's southwest when during the daily covid-19 briefing he said this I'm fair about it. I think probably something in the order of 90 95% uh, a very high percentage of people are complying and we're seeing that in places like Fairfield They've made such a difference there and brought the numbers down to such a low level. I want to thank the people of Fairfield. But there are other communities, other people from other backgrounds who don't seem to think that it's necessary to comply with the law and who don't really give great consideration to what they do in terms of its impact on the rest of the community. Wow, there are people from other backgrounds other than being from Fairfield? Whoa! (laughs) I don't know about you, when my dad came out to Australia from Fairfield, uh, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he told me life was tough back in the fair back in Fairfield, and that's why he moved to Beecroft. Fearmongers, what background is Brad Hazard talking about here, <laughs> Marty?
3: Zoom backgrounds? Is he is he having a go at, at people in their offices? Are they choosing the wrong setting? Is that is that what's going on? Uh I can't imagine who he- I mean, why doesn't he just say it? You know, Lebs, muzzies, moeys, you know, it, we are who we are. Just say, just name it, mate. I've <laughs> had
1: I found mean- it amazing, like going onto Twitter and like seeing like the response to this clip and everybody being like, well. What what does he mean by that? (laughs) What does he mean by that? He's being racist. (laughs) That's what he means by it, yeah. Yeah. There was no question from
3: the press gallery. uh, Someone would just ask, sorry, are you being racist right now in a press conference about health? (laughs) Yeah, What's happening? (laughs) He's not talking about French au pairs. It's
2: brown (laughs) hair.
3: Yeah, wild allegations. And, of course, the mayor for Canterbury-Bragstown said it was a bit of a low blow. He wasn't happy with it either. Although I will say I did get sent a video. from my cousin in the West when this all began and it was one of our Lebanese brothers on a horse riding his way through the main street (laughs) (laughs) of Bankstown. So, look, you know, maybe there is some things that the community is doing, but I don't think we should be uh, targeted or singled out for it.
2: But I honestly think if everyone was on a horse, if every Australian was on a horse... I actually think that'd be the, like, we're all socially distanced. You can't get close. You wouldn't need a mask if every single Australian had a horse. No one can punch a horse if
1: they're riding one. (laughs) Very true.
0: (laughs) Very true. Marty, I, I didn't. I watched the Olympics last week, but I didn't see yeah. any of our cousins from Lebanon in the dressage. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. Were. Uh, Brad Hazard later on went to kind of rub salt into the wounds and continue on with his his diatribe here in New South Wales. If people were just a small element, a small group, who have caused these problems, if they would just behave themselves and have an element of decency towards the rest of the community, we would sort this problem out. There's nothing more decent than riding down the middle of Bankstown on a horse. It's totally fine. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, we're bringing joy to the people. I don't know what he's on about.
0: <laughs> and decency. Why? Why is all of this talk about decency? You don't need to like uh, lay down a, a coat on the on the on a puddle for a lady to cross the road these days. Yeah, well, he hasn't
3: kept in mind that we're trying to have a gangland war out here and we've got a lot of restrictions that are getting in the way at the moment. So maybe think about that before you start singling
2: out. (laughs) Honestly, like I know that the New South Wales police are so crazy about um, gang warfare, like regardless of how big or small it actually is. But can I just say, I feel like if all of the gangs once again were on horses, like, and and I know I'm harping on about this, but I'm saying – Give, give every gang a horse and a lance yes. and take it back to the full jousting days, there would not be an Australian member of the public who would not be on the side of the gangs. Like it's, This would be like, you know Australians love an Italian gang but hate a Lebanese gang? Yeah. They would all love a horse gang. They'd all be mad for a horse gang.
3: <laughs> this is good. We should get you on the PR team for some of the most prominent gangs in Sydney.
2: Yeah. You know this good. Yeah, this like... is
3: good, Lewis. You have emerged as a good PR man for the, the community. This is Thank
2: hard. you. you know, at protests, like people always chant at horse cops, get those animals off those horses. Just be like, put those Lebanese on those horses. Like, that's, just, that's my new chant.
3: <laughs> we could get around this. <laughs> no
1: justice, no peace. Horses for the Lebanese. <laughs> <laughs> this
0: is oh, Well, that is, that is it for a Rational Fear tonight. Big thank you to Nat Demeter, Matty, Marty Smiley, Lewis Holbert. What, what would you like to pl- plug, folks, Marty and Nat? We are,
3: yes, we as you said, we do have a podcast. It's called House Warming. We record it right here in this room, actually, in our share house, uh, and it's about um, renting and all the... Uh, woes and miseries that go with it.
0: And you've had some really famous people on there. You've had, like, lots of reality TV people
3: on.
1: Yeah, You've had (laughs) Marty Smiley.
3: (laughs) Abby Chappell, Daniel Sloss. We had Linda Mariano this week, who revealed that she used to steal snacks from Lewis.
2: Unbelievable. I just saw that clip a second ago. I'm like... Because Linda Mariano, if you don't know her, is lo- literally the nicest person I've ever met. <laughs> like, she's so kind and generous and wonderful and yeah. interesting and brilliant. And the fact that for the last four years she's been stealing my <laughs> snacks has changed everything I've known about her.
1: Lewis, they're the ones you got to look out for. <laughs> That's You're right. The first one on a horse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he likes. he likes. Lewis, would you like to plug anything?
1: No, Dan,
2: nothing for me.
0: Uh, I want to plug a, a podcast called Irrational Fear. It's really great. Uh, <laughs> make sure you head to the Patreon and chip in so we can pay for an assistant. So it's patreon.com forward slash Irrational Fear. Big thanks to Road Mike's Patreon supporters, Bertha Foundation, uh, also Jacob Round on the Teppanyaki timeline, Rupert Dagas, and also Robbie McGregor. Uh, until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night.